Uh, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Father, we come before you this evening. Thank you, Lord, for you are our God. God who reigns over everything, Master. Thank you, Lord, for you have chosen us. We are your children and you are our God. Thank you for the word of God through which, Lord, you speak to us. Today, as we study the word of God, speak to us, minister to us, O oh Lord. We pray we will know you a little more, O oh Lord, today. Spirit of God, I pray you will take control of the complete session. Pray, Lord, you will minister to us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> I hope you can see the slides. You can see the slides? Yes, Pastor. Okay, thank you. Uh, we are just studying uh, knowing the heart. Uh, little heart, but the heart is the center and the heart does so many things. Uh, so we are just trying to understand the heart and then reordering desires because the heart is trapped with desires. Um, and then we saw understanding temptation and then we started understanding emotion. Uh, basically, I, know I took up the subject of depression just to show that how complicated the heart is or how complex the human being is. That's the reason I took the subject of depression to show us what all things are involved uh, in, when it comes to depression. We saw that you know, people, they... For, for days together, weeks together, they feel sad, they feel anxious, you know, they feel as though there's no purpose in life. Uh, they keep asking themselves, uh, why was I born? And they feel a kind of worthlessness and uh, they have feelings of guilt and uh, feelings of hopelessness, restlessness, irritability. <clears throat> Sometimes they develop headaches, digestive disorders, and uh, chronic pain. Now, why did I list all these symptoms? Because uh, even the doctors, uh, they will not be able to tell this person is suffering from depression. Maybe from the symptoms, they'll be able to tell probably this person is suffering from depression. That's the reason why I was giving you the list of symptoms. There are many more uh, symptoms. Uh, quite often it is the symptoms which helps a, a counselor or the doctor to come to the conclusion, uh, this person is uh, suffering from depression. In fact, uh, this, um, they, they find it difficult to define the word depression. Uh, I'm just, I just want us to be aware, it is so complex. Sometimes we think we know the answer for these things, but the professionals, people who study our body, brain and emotions and all, they find it difficult to even define uh, depression. So they have come to the conclusion there is no single known cause of depression. You cannot say, person is depressed because of this. Uh, there is no single known cause. Uh, so they say it could be a combination of genetic, uh, biological, environmental, psychological, and spiritual factors. So when we are dealing with issues like this, we should keep in mind that these are all complex issues. And uh, it is not that the modern uh, science is teaching us. 
in Western literature, human being is portrayed as a complex being. Uh, that's very important. The Bible says human being is a complex personality. And so sometimes when we, when we give simplistic answers, uh, they are not right. And with that introduction, we saw, you know, man is defined as a whole person. Uh, you cannot just uh, dissect him and say, this is what a man is. Man is a whole person. The Bible looks at the man as a whole person. And quite often we find the word, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And if somebody has to ask us, uh, can you point, uh, can you just touch the place where my mind is, where my spirit is, where my soul is, we will not be able to do it. That's the way the Bible uh, describes the person. And we saw that Richard Baxter, a pastor, 17th century uh, pastor, he said depression could be rooted in a physiological cause or emotional trauma. This is what we call a psychological cause. Uh, it could be physiological. Uh, the person who has to deal with physiological causes, typically a doctor. A doctor who has studied about the body is the one who is supposed to deal with physiological cause. And when we talk about emotional trauma, uh, it, is, it is basically the modern day counselor combined with psychiatrist, uh, they will be able to help. But when it comes to moral guilt, or issues related with sin and other things, maybe a pastor can play a better role. A doctor and a psychologist may not help to the extent a pastor uh, can help. And then there is the spiritual warfare. Again, it is the pastor who can help. Now, it's important for a pastor to understand uh, about depression. If he's dealing with somebody suffering from depression, it's important for him to understand because um, if it's a physiological cause, uh, it'll not be right on the part of the pastor to deal with that. Uh, Jesus himself said, you know, for a sick person, you need a doctor. Uh, Jesus did not say you don't need a doctor, you need a doctor. Doctors are, uh, a, doctor, a doctor is a gift from God and uh, we should respect and uh, we should receive it uh, in humility. So basically what we learned is issues like depression or complex problems that involve the physical, psychological, that's the emotional trauma, the moral, uh, maybe sin factor, the spiritual warfare, there are evil forces. Just because we are in the city doesn't mean the evil forces are sitting quiet. Maybe in a rural place, especially in places like in, in India, uh, people are well aware about the spiritual forces. Even if they don't have knowledge, they have some inkling about uh, spiritual forces. And uh, we, uh, Bible clearly speaks about evil forces. We don't have to fear them, but we cannot, over, we cannot ignore them. Uh, too much of fear is not biblical and ignoring them, that's also not biblical. So we have to maintain a balance. And that's what we saw uh, last um, Wednesday. Today we will uh, touch about anxiety and I, I let you with two questions. What are the common factors that make one feel anxious? What are the common factors you felt you were anxious or maybe you see in your friend or in your family members, what makes them so anxious uh, that they're not able to sleep, that they're not able to function normally, well? So what are the factors? Adjustment. Yes, yes. Okay, relationship. One problems. of the factors is adjustment. Adjustment, okay. Basically, 
yeah others yeah both internal and uh, it could be external reasons uh, internal it could be uh, what uh, you feel of the future what ifs uh, uh, for the future and inter external could be uh, probably uh, the environment relationships or uh, your personal what you're going to, uh, you know your crisis at work or uh, things like that so i felt too uh, internal and external yeah internal basically fear uncertainty uh, what's going to happen for future uh, it could be future of children future of uh, you know then externally it's job what will happen you okay yes when uh, prayers are not uh, answered you tend to get anxious and worried prayers are not answered and one gets um why do you say i okay we'll come i'll come to that okay others it could be something someone said that is making me feel anxious yeah we are hurt yes or hurt we are troubled or uh, it has affected uh, yes something as you know internally we have been um, disturbed okay others being overwhelmed with issues overwhelmed with issues okay yes yes yeah. overwhelmed with issues and uh, disappointments and failures yeah. disappointments okay okay uh anyone else anyone wants to add to all that we have heard uh yes uh, failures yes we have heard yeah uh failures is it fear of failure or failures that you have experienced in the past because the fear of failing uh, people become they tend to become anxious okay before we move ahead uh let this be very clear to all of us that uh there is nothing uh it's very difficult to say that there is an unanswered prayer uh what's you know uh, maybe uh when we say unanswered the way we want uh, god is not answering us we should have the certainty that when we pray god is listening to our prayer and sometimes he gives us what we ask for sometimes he doesn't give what we ask for so it is when god doesn't give it is like little children asking um, parents and we don't give them all that they ask for it doesn't mean that we have not answered them uh, but we feel it's not good for them uh there are prayers which are delayed uh, because the timing is may not be right uh, but i personally feel that god hears our every prayer and unanswered when we say unanswered it is uh, it is not unanswered it is the way we ask uh, god didn't answer us uh, what i want uh, our god is a good father is a good good father uh we should have this this faith all the time uh he is hearing our prayers all the time uh we should never become anxious saying that prayers are not being answered may maybe they are not good for us we don't know he's he is supreme his wisdom is above our wisdom so uh, uh maybe he didn't grant our desire but uh, we are not here to you know uh, we are here basically to desire in him rather than to see that our desires are being fulfilled god answers our prayer um, that that certainty children of god should have uh, we should tell god god i have been praying you are not answering i only believe that it's not good for me do whatever is good for me 
Uh, okay, let's go to the next question. Uh, what advice would you give your family member, friend, who is suffering from anxiety? What advice would you give your family member, friend, who is suffering from anxiety? None of you want to give any advice. Normally, it is faster not to worry and not to think too much. Have faith not in God. It's usually not on those to, lines first. Okay, not to worry, not to think too much, have faith in God. Okay, others? Help them to analyze the root cause of their anxiety. Help them to analyze the root cause of their anxiety, yes. Must draw their attention to the past uh, blessings and uh, the way God has guarded them, protected them as a good shepherd and uh, okay. encourage them to believe that even now God would sail them through the difficulty. Uh, no need to be anxious anymore. Just to remember the good things God has done in the past and just see that when God has done all this in the past, he'll also do it in the future. Yes? Remembering God's goodness. We can relate to the word of God, show them the word what all is written in Philippines. Do not be anxious about anything. And the middle-aged people are more anxious. I have two friends. They are given medicines which are not good. So I try to speak to them and leave the rest to Christ, pray. Okay, pray and uh, help them, okay? Point them towards the word of God, okay? Others? Okay, now, why we become anxious uh, is there are you know, we should uh, remember that we are living in a broken world. Uh, Genesis 3 is very clear. We are living in a broken world. Jesus Christ came into this world. The kingdom of God has come, That, but there is always a tension of it has come, but not yet come. Uh, there is a tension. Uh, we have not come to revelation. Uh, when we come to the period of revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 22, then everything will come back to order. So till such time we are living in a broken world, so bad things will happen to good people. We should accept it. Bad things will happen to good people. Uh, don't be surprised if good things happen to bad people. Uh, th that is the, that's the reality. And uh, we have to accept this reality, but uh, uh, we don't have to be perturbed and all that. So when something negative happens, uh, it makes a disproportionate impact, gone. Uh, uh, you know, as a pastor, I can tell that uh, whenever people have problem, uh, their problems are like a mountain. Uh, each one's problem. Nobody is suffering like them. Okay, that's generally when we go through the problem, uh, we all feel that nobody is suffering like me. Uh, but we need to, yes, it's true. That's how we go through that. But we should not allow it uh, to impact us so severely. When we allow the problems to impact us so severely, then we will become anxious. Uh, we will not know why there are layoffs, why there is sickness. There's no guarantee that 
you know, there would be a health crisis, there would be a job crisis. There's no guarantee in this world because it's a broken world. Uh, but the only assurance we have is Jesus is with us. That, that should give us that courage and the encouragement. Uh, when you talk about the Hebrew word anxiety, basically it's talking about extreme emotional distress. Uh, especially, you know, the fear of losing something that's vital to life. Uh, life is a challenge. Uh, it's a battle. Uh, but then we have somebody who has gone ahead of us. Uh, that's one reason uh, that helps us to overcome anxiety. Uh, if we become anxious, does it mean that we don't have faith? No, it is, it is just the frailty of human beings. Just because we are in this flesh, uh, we are anxious. And uh, so we shouldn't uh, label it as lack of faith or you're weak or something. Uh, each one's makeup is different, uh, but we can always help people and we should understand that. And that's why Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Anxiety weighs down the heart. And in the Old Testament, uh, you know, in 1 Samuel 9.5, when they re it is Saul who uh, goes in search of the lost <clears throat> sheep, when they reach the district of Zuf, uh, donkey Saul, Saul said to the servant who was with him, come, let's go back or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. Uh, so that's, that's the way the anxiety father was so taken out. Oh my goodness, I lose my son. Uh, it, is, it is that kind of fear uh, which is termed as anxiety. Uh, we should realize that worry strikes at the person's very core. Uh, when we allow something to touch the very core of our being, then there is instability in our behavior and we will waver like the restless sea. So we need to be uh, careful. Uh, we, we should be careful and we should not allow our inner being, uh, like we heard that if somebody says something, we are threatened. Uh, that, that we should not allow. That's where we have Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the core should not be threatened. And uh, gospel is all about having Jesus in that very core. In, uh, the gospel is all about you know, strengthening that core so that we are not uh, troubled by external behaviors. So the key to deal, dealing with anxiety is to look at our heart attitude towards the thing that is being threatened. Uh, if we are in love with anything, uh, if, if my love for my spouse is stronger than my love for my God, then, then there is every possibility that I can become anxious. Uh, we, we, that's why it's very important. Uh, if, if we make our children as idle, or husband as our spouse as idle, or job as idle, uh, they all threaten us because they are, they are not uh, permanent. They're all temporary. Uh, so that, that is why a relationship with God should be so strong, all other relationships are in its place. Uh, anytime the relationship with human beings are above our relationship with God, uh, we are bound to suffer from anxiety because people around us are not permanent. Uh, there are many things that are considered as important for a high quality of life in this world. 
And uh, if you are not careful, if you allow those things uh, unknowingly, that's why I said the heart is trapped by desires. When these desires become stronger than our love for our God, um, then uh, people suffer from anxiety. If you rely on God the most, and when our love for God becomes so supreme, and if it becomes important, then everything else becomes less important. When I know my God is there, then my job is not so supreme. I may face a layoff too with the confidence that my God will provide for me. Uh, my job will not be my money, uh, my uh, savior. Uh, that's why we saw those uh, four idols, typical idols, approval, power, control, comfort. Uh, if you are not careful, when these things are snatched away from us, they make us anxious. Uh, we need to take some time and think and ponder and try to understand. But remember, as I said, anxiety cannot be completely eliminated. We are human beings. We will be anxious, but we should not allow it to go to your pleasure, to go to that extent where our health itself is affected, where our very being and functionality is affected. So we need to be careful. Even Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 28, he says, besides everything else, I face the daily, the pressure of concern for all the churches. Uh, he, he had that anxiety, but he is the same man uh, because he loved his churches, the believers, he was anxious for them. Uh, his, his, his entire desire is they should know Christ like he knew Christ. Uh, but it is the very same Paul who says, I face daily the pressure. He also says, uh, do not be anxious about anything. In Philippians 4, 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Anything, anything that happens, do not be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Uh, so we, it, it's all about making God as our supreme desire. Uh, these, these are all indications that God has not yet become our supreme desire. When God becomes our supreme desire, we can also face death because Jesus said, I am the, you know, I am the resurrection and life. And if Jesus is so supreme, our desire for him is so you know, sincere, we would always love to see his face and live with him forever and ever and ever. And uh, we should come to that place. Jesus is wonderful, marvelous. And we should come to that place and love him uh, more than anything else uh, in this world. So uh, since anxiety cannot be completely eliminated, there is every possibility, all of us from time to time, we will become anxious, our members will become anxious. So now the question is, the wisdom literature is practical. It doesn't say that, you know, people will not be anxious. Wisdom literature is highly practical and it is something that we can follow. Uh, since anxiety cannot be completely eliminated, now what, what helps you the most when you are anxious? In other words, how will you help somebody who's anxious? Have I made it complicated? 
what help can we give to somebody who was anxious? I said, anyone become, can become anxious. It is, you know, one should not think that, you know, I can become anxious. Uh, becoming anxious is not sin. So how, how do you help somebody who's anxious? We need to listen to them listen to and them. share your personal experience so that that will help them to our experience and how God helped us to overcome the anxious situation. Sharing that would excellent. help them. Excellent, excellent. Listening and sharing our past, how God has done, God has helped us. Others. Never had an opportunity to counsel somebody who was going through anxiety. If their uh, worry is based in something unreasonable, maybe logic would help faster. Like just to help them understand, just making them you're being anxious. What's going to happen five years from now when we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow? Yes, something like that. Helping them to understand the reality. Why spoil tomorrow? You know, today thinking about a thing may may happen or may not happen after five. Years. Yeah, fine. Others. Uh, if you have seen that Proverbs uh, 12, 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. The, the proverb itself gives the answer. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. <clears throat> Basically, it's, it's telling that don't try to deal with your anxiety on your own. Uh, especially for the city people, uh, this is all the more important. Uh, when you lived in the in your towns or villages, you had people around you. Uh, but that kind of environment is not there in a city. So it is important for, especially in a uh, city, uh, uh, people to understand that you need to have, you need to be surrounded by people, uh, good people. You should be very careful for your friends because in situations like this, we need to hear a kind word from others. Uh, that's the reason we try to say that when we don't call as a church more than that, we say a community because uh, we have all come from different places. It's important to have a community uh, we remember we it is important uh, this is this is the biblical way of healing anxiety a kind word from others uh, that that's the reason paul writing in colossians he says therefore as god's children holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness clothe yourselves with compassion kindness Kindness, it's reflected in a kind word. So we need people to affirm us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. We don't need people to, you know, uh, discourage us. We need people to affirm us, to relate their own experience. Somebody said, how God has helped me. Oh, God will be with you. To, to just help them and uh, to point us to God and just to be there so that we don't feel so alone. Uh, we, each one, from time to time, people need something of this. So when we, when we, are, when we are able to give this, uh, if you are able to affirm them, we are able to just share our own experience. If you are able to just point them to God and uh, if you just sit with them uh, so that they don't feel alone, 
So that'll help them in, in times of anxiety. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, we all know Jeremiah, I don't have to tell. Uh, how, he, how did he deal with his anxiety? Uh, you can read Jeremiah, great man. Uh, this is how he dealt with his anxiety. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Even in, in a season of dryness, uh, God's people will still bear fruit. That's amazing. We, anxiety is very important because we need to learn, we need to uh, be aware because if we don't deal with our anxiety, because the next stage is depression. We have already seen about that. So anxiety to a large extent precedes depression. No one becomes depressed without becoming anxious. So it is important uh, we should deal with anxiety. And the good news is anxiety to a great extent can be overcome by using all the spiritual resources. Uh, the, the community of people, uh, the, where God has put you and the people around you, the community of people, uh, the word of God, and uh, these things can help us to overcome our anxiety. It is not that it is uncurable. We can never overcome anxiety. Whatever may be our situation, uh, God has all. God has already provided us with the necessary resources. But if somebody is not willing to avail those resources, um, then I, I don't see any way how God also how God can help them. God places resources. That's how uh, you read in the scriptures. Here also it says that uh, a kind word cheers it up. Kind word. So we, we, we don't have to live like an isolated person. Uh, we have to learn to live in a community and that's how we can overcome anxiety. Any questions before we move to the next one? Okay, if there's no question, the next one is hope. How do you deal with unmet hopes, unmet expectations? All your expectations are met. Or there are expectations that are not met. How do you deal with unmet expectations? Pastor, patience. Patience, okay. Patience, others? Expectations that are not met, usually we tend to feel um, the regret. We live with regret, some uh, people. We live, we live with regret. Yes, we live with regret because it has not been met. Yes, that's an important point and it's important for us to understand uh, what is meant by hope that itself we should realize and what is meant by biblical hope, the hope that we read in the Bible and the way we just say hope. Uh, there are two different things we'll, I hope we'll be able to cover it today. Uh, at the heart, at the core of the human heart are not just emotions, but hopes, uh, things we look to. And we feel that if I get this, uh, it'll make me happy. Uh, if I have something like this, It'll make me happy. I don't have to explain. It is there in every human heart. Uh, this is the way we have grown up. If I can get this position 
or if I can have a house like this, or if I have a marriage like this, if I have children like this, uh, these are all hopes. And we think, oh my goodness, then everything will be fine. God, I will not ask anything more. Just give me this one thing. That's enough for me. That's our hope. And if it is not met, uh, then we have problem. Uh, so uh, like, you know, when something we long for is delayed or deferred, uh, we become heart sick. Then we become sad. Uh, Proverbs, what Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. It's, a, it is, it's in the Bible. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Uh, it, it, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a never ending. I was expecting this to happen. It's not happening. Oh, for years, 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 I've been waiting and it's not happening. When we don't uh, understand this clearly, uh, this kind of unmet hopes or unfulfilled hopes, uh, they sap our energy and it makes us weak. Uh, it makes us uh, less functional. It, sometimes it makes us sick. Uh, it affects our physical energy. It affects our mental energy. It even affects our very faith. Oh, is there really a good God? So uh, we need to realize that it is wisdom to recognize uh, that the condition of deferred hopes is one that can never be fully remedied in this life. Uh, there are hopes uh, that can never be met in this world. That's biblical wisdom. If you think that all our hopes will be met in our lifetime, uh, that's not from the Bible. Uh, we are living in a fallen world. Uh, we must understand this. Remember one thing, you know, Jesus Christ is our savior. It's wonderful. Uh, because he's our savior, uh, he can turn all good things for our good, all bad things for our good, okay? Uh, all bad things, he has the power to turn it to our good. Uh, and no force on earth can stop good things that are meant for us. And always remember in your Christian life, the best things are yet to come. That's how we live in this world. Uh, so the book of Hebrews, uh, it says that Christian life is, you know, it, it almost compares uh, with the life of the Israelites when they came out of Egypt and they've been delivered from slavery, but they have not yet reached the promised land. This period of wandering uh, is similar to what we experience. That's how the book of Hebrews portrays. Uh, Hebrews 11, 13 to 14 says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They were living by faith when they died. They didn't even get what they wanted. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. Keep telling yourself the best things are yet to come. Best things are yet to come. So the proverb says, hopes deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Uh, you know, if our longing is fulfilled, uh, it's like a tree of life. It's like the uh, garden. <clears throat> um, garden in Eden. Um, uh, you know, it, it takes us back to Genesis. When we read the book, the, when we see this phrase, a tree of life, uh, when Adam and Eve had access to this tree of life. Uh, but the New Testament is very clear that we will know full satisfaction only in the new heavens and new earth. That's, that's what the Bible assures us. 
if somebody were to tell any pastor or anyone that God has promised you will get it in this life, probably his understanding of the scripture is not right. Or it is just, uh, he has understood partly. Uh, we are living in this broken world. Uh, Revelation 21, 22, 1 and 2 says, then the angel showed me the river, the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing the 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Uh, this tree of life, we are not getting this tree of life because we are doing good things. We don't merit this tree of life, but because of what Jesus did for us, this tree of life belongs to us. Uh, it is not by our efforts, but by the work of Jesus Christ. His cross uh, became a tree of death for him, but it became a tree of life for us by faith. Remember this. His cross became a tree of death for him so that we could have the tree of life by faith. Uh, so whenever we face disappointment, when our things or our desires are not met, we, we remind ourselves about Christ's sacrifice, what he has done for us, what, what we have in Jesus Christ. Gospel is powerful. Gospel is powerful later. It has to penetrate uh, every aspect of our being. Uh, we need to pray, uh, Lord, remind me, O oh Lord, through your word that we are in the wilderness, not in the promised land. In this world, we are in the wilderness. We have not yet come to the promised land. And as I go through this wilderness journey, uh, Lord, Make yourself my most cherished hope. In this world, I want you to be my cher most cherished hope because in this world, I can have you now. I may not have many things. I cannot have many things, but I can have Jesus Christ right now in this world. And that's what makes our life meaningful and glorious. So, what does hope signify? Quick. What does hope signify? Our God himself is known as a God of hope. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope. See, God himself, the God of hope. Uh, this is something we don't use quite often. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is a God of hope. Now, uh, the word hope occurs in the New Testament if you take the Greek word and its derivative and all, it occurs almost 85 times in the New Testament. But what is interesting is uh, hope is little spoken of in the Gospels while Jesus was on in earth. And you don't find the word hope in Revelation because God will again be personally, uh, he'll be present. It's interesting. But the word hope occurs in Acts and the epistles. They're full of this Christ-centered hope. In other words, uh, in Revelation, we'll be with God. Then hope has uh, no significance, no relevance once you are with God. And when Jesus was on this earth, uh, very little is spoken about hope in the Gospels. It's quite interesting. So the biblical concept of hope is not mere expectation and desire, but includes trust, confidence, refuge in the God of hope. Uh, that is, you know, the, we, 
we have heard this word hope 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 this will not happen hope this will this will come like it will pass like this hope you will get like this so the common usage of the word hope is different from the way it is presented in the bible uh, the biblical concept when we say hope it is always trust confidence refuge in the god of hope that you know job said in 1315 though he slay me yet will i hope in him though he kill me yet i will i hope in him that's what job says he though he kill you know that's the hope god you can kill me but still i'll hope in you uh, that's what we find in shadrach meshach and abednego uh, that's the kind of uh, that's the biblical hope so why why uh, we should realize why this hope is important because we are all longing for something the hope itself tells to us that you have not got something which you are supposed to get you are not supposed to have this kind of a broken life you need to have a fulfilled life a satisfied life so that hope itself points us in the direction of looking to god and we know it is only when we come and when we meet with god face to face we have arrived we have we have reached uh, it is it is not even a destination as such it is just that broken state in which we are living in this world god is constantly renewing this world uh, you know sometimes people think this party comes to power um, you know then we have hope no 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 political party people said or oh, now hitler is gone the problem is over when hitler was gone stalin came so people cannot give that hope it is only god no political party no no system no worldly system can give us that perfection uh, perfection is there only in god when god restores this world back and you know he gives it back to god the father so once you become a christian then you should live like a pilgrim on this earth if we live like a pilgrim on this earth most of our problems are taken care of we live like sometimes we live like as though this is a permanent like they say permanent address present address so we live like as though this world belongs to us we live forever and ever and that is the cause root cause for many of the problems we face but once you are in christ you are a pilgrim on this earth you have you are hoping for something to come we are on the way you know we we constantly we are our uh, our our being is changed we are becoming we are becoming into a different state of person so we should remind ourselves uh, that's the reason paul says in philippians 3:3 3:13 brothers and sisters i do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it paul says i am also on the way i am also you know becoming uh where I, if you remember in the beginning i said when the proverbs talks about the way it is not talking about a destination it is talking about our condition you know, becoming becoming the kind of person so paul says but one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead uh, because we are on the way uh, there will always be absence of fulfillment but there will also be a orientation towards fulfillment uh, i have to become like this there is a orientation there is an absence i don't have but i'm becoming becoming more and more like jesus christ uh, you 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 have to understand this hope in a in a biblical way as i said the word hope uh, people use it very commonly uh, that's not the way uh, the bible defines hope that's the reason why i'm trying to explain 
Uh, hope is a virtue. It's a noble thing. It's an admirable thing. But hope is a virtue only if it, is, if it rests on God. Hope is a virtue. It's an admirable, it's a noble thing. It is only when it is directed towards supernatural happiness in God. In other words, if it's only a, if hope is only based on God, it becomes a virtue. Now, uh, why do I say hope is a virtue? Now, uh, let me give you an example. Now, justice. Now, when we talk about justice, uh, when justice is denied, we all can say that uh, there's no justice. Uh, we, 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 we can say when a judge passes a judgment, we can say that he didn't pass the right judgment. There's no justice. Justice has not been done. But uh, so it is very clear when we are talking about justice, but hope is different. You should, you should, you should try to understand the difference. Now hope, uh, you know, one can hope, one can have a natural hope. Uh, natural hope is, I hope, you know, I, I, I think if I have this much of money, if I have this much of position, if I have this much of property, everything will be fine. That's a natural hope. Uh, that's also a hope. But when a hope is based on a, a natural hope, it is not a virtue. Biblical hope is based on God, not on money, not on position, uh, not on property, not on finance, not on people around us. So biblical hope is always faced on, uh, based on God. So when the Bible, when we come across the word hope, uh, we should realize that it is basically, it is based on God. Uh, in Colossians, uh, uh, I said hope can also be directed in the natural sphere uh, because it can be absolutely, you know, even the terrorist has a hope. If I kill these people, my problem is resolved. That's its natural hope. And he lives for it. And it can be a real hope for him. But biblical hope is always based on God. That's why in Colossians 1.27, it says to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this ministry, mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Uh, now, let me give you a little glimpse. I'm not trying to explain. I've just tried to say the difference between a natural hope and biblical hope. And uh, uh, I'll not be able to explain completely. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 3, 13, 13 says, and now these three remain, faith, hope, love. That is the way we begin our journey. The moment we become Christian, the order is like faith, hope, love. Faith, we have, we believe in what Jesus has done for us and we build our faith on that. It is because of that faith, we have hope and we know that there'll be love of God. But Paul says the greatest of these is love. Uh, we, we, we can say that uh, when we face God, uh, when we come to God face to face, no longer you need to have faith, no longer you need to have hope. The only thing that will remain is love. Uh, not it, you know, I said the kingdom of God has come but not yet. It has come, but not yet, okay? The tension is this, it has come. So now we need to have faith. We need to have hope, hope in Christ, and we need to have love. And when we come to a place, when this world has been 
renewed, uh, restored to its original glory, when we have access to the tree of life, all that will remain is only love. Because faith, no, faith is no longer important. It is no longer relevant when we are with God. Faith is no longer relevant. And hope is also no longer relevant. And Paul, in a way, he, he puts it in a stage that as Christians, this will be our journey. Faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Uh, this in itself requires a complete exposition, but I just wanted to give you a little taste of what hope means. What hope means? Hope is important and uh, we need to have hope and uh, we should be very careful. And especially, you know, uh, we, have, we have too many preachers who say that, you know, if you have faith, you'll get everything. That's not what the Bible says. Our ultimate fulfillment uh, will be the best things are yet to come. And in this world, all that we need is Christ, the hope of glory, Jesus Christ. He should be our supreme treasure that we should all treasure. The next emotion will be alone. That's loneliness. How can we avoid loneliness? How can we avoid loneliness? You can uh, write down this question, think about it. How can we avoid loneliness? Uh, you can, uh, now you, if you have any doubts, questions, you can ask. Or you want to share something you want to learn something about hope or is it very difficult? You can share your thoughts so that we can learn from one another. Don't hesitate, it's only your sharing which makes it more meaningful. I like the, uh, what I learned was about how you spoke about the worldly hope and uh, you compared it and how, um, you know, biblical hope, the concept of the biblical hope and uh, uh, it's really, uh, you know, it uh, uh, opened my eyes to this truth about biblical hope, even though we know it, uh, but uh, I mean, uh, this today it's just, uh, you brought it out very well. Thank you for sharing. Thank you, Deepa. Is there a difference between uh, the way we understand the word hope and biblical hope? When we come across the word hope in the Bible and the way we use it commonly or even the way we have understood this word hope, uh, is there a difference? Yes, definitely. Um, in fact, uh, that's why I said hope is a big subject. Uh, hope, because we don't dwell much on the word of God. Uh, hope uh, flourishes uh, in, in a certain environment. Uh, hope is not just, uh, hope flourishes, especially in the environment of magnanimity and humility. Uh, when we talk about magnanimity, it's not the way, again, we understand magnanimity. Uh, the way we, magnanimity in the sense, when we do perfect good, that's where the hope rises up. Perfect good. Somebody who didn't deserve anything and you do something good for that person. That is magnanimity. And hope, it just grows and flourishes in that environment. Humility is when we understand our salvation rightly and it's a humility. Humility is not even what we try to show to other people. 
humanity is coming to the realization how far I am from God. Because when you understand that utter depravity, how could this holy God come and rescue me? That is humility. Uh, so this hope flourishes uh, in these two, uh, if these two are there, magnanimity and humility, our hope increases and we will be able to face any situations because the goodness of God that when we reflect it, when we go out and do that perfect goodness, there is a goodness, there is something known as perfect goodness and that humility is all about, you know, understanding how far away we are from God and how far he has traveled just to rescue us. That's humility. Uh, not the way we understand always. Uh, with it, it, the humility I'm talking about is not even the humility between one, uh, with one person to another person. I'm not talking about that humility. It's a humility when you come into the presence of God. You understand what he has done. My goodness, how could he ever touch me? How could he just think of me? And that is salvation experience. Uh, the utter depravity of human heart, human being. When we come to that realization, the hope just flourishes in that environment. Okay, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us this evening minister to each one of us let our hope rest in you and you alone not in our accomplishments not in our achievements not in human beings not in our appearance not in our beauty not in our qualifications but in you O lord thank you for your love that surpasses all our understanding, bring us to your place where we will desire you and you alone, O oh God. Lord Jesus, we bow before you, we worship you. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be all glory, honor, and praise. Bless all of us with good health, bless us with your presence, bless us with your peace. Be with us through the rest of the week. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. At least I hope that way I can hear all your voice. <laughs> <laughs>